verse 6, verse 7, where we're going to focus this morning. I've preached this text before, dealing with worry and anxiety. But today I want to kind of approach it from a different angle and talk to you this morning about the peace of God. The peace of God, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 7. Let's look at it on the screen, reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's read it again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank You for Your presence today. And we thank You for the opportunity to open Your Word. I ask You now to touch my life that I may say what You'd have me to say. Touch my mind that I could share the thoughts You would have me to share. Touch my lips that I can speak the words You'd have me to speak. I pray today, God, that Your Word would fall upon good soil and bring forth the harvest. I pray today that You'd open the minds of the people to receive, open their ears to hear, open their hearts to receive. And God, for all that You do, we'll give You praise and honor and glory for it all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. The peace of God. If you look at the current state of our world, and especially the current state of our country, you can come to the conclusion this morning that we don't have peace in this world. In fact, as I mentioned previously, opening the service, when it comes to the coronavirus situation, there seems to be more panic taking place than peace. You've probably noticed that travel has been suspended. They don't want you taking cruises. They don't want you going out of the country and all of that going on. Sports have even been suspended. Major League Baseball, the opening day has been pushed back for two weeks or 30 days or whatever it is. The NBA season has been suspended indefinitely because of this virus. The NCAA college basketball tournaments have been suspended. Soccer has been suspended. On and on it goes. Colleges are extending spring break. Christy's home for spring break this week, but they told her don't come back until at least April Third, they gave her an extra two weeks and she's going to be doing online classes. They said, we'll let you know if it's pushed back even further. Panic rather than peace. Now, I believe we should be wise. I believe we should use caution. But we shouldn't live in fear. As I said earlier, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. I believe as 
followers of Christ. And according to our text, we can have God's peace. Now we can have the peace of God that even when the world is in panic mode, that when the world is in chaos, we can still be at peace. Amen? Now let me say something, that peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace does not mean that the coronavirus goes away all of a sudden. Biblical peace is unrelated to circumstances. Biblical peace is unrelated to what's taking place around us. Biblical peace is the goodness of life and the goodness of God that is not touched by what happens on the outside. You see, we can have great trials and we can have chaos and we can have conflict, but we can still have great peace in our life. In other words, we can still go through the storm but still have peace on our inside. I think about Paul in the Philippian jail that He's been beaten and he's been bruised and he's been battered and his feet and his hands are in the stocks but yet at midnight he and Silas begin to pray and sing praises unto God. What kind of man can do that? Only a man that's at peace. You see, I believe we can go through storms but rather than panic, we can have peace. We can face adversity and not lose our mind and not go crazy because we can have the peace of God. So I would say to you today that if you're worried about the coronavirus, you're worried about the flu, you're worried about something else in this world, or you're concerned about the uncertainty of tomorrow, the uncertainty of the future, this message is for you today. I want to give you two truths about the peace of God. And I want to give you Uh, some principles, some steps to experiencing the peace of God in your life. The first thing I want us to notice about God's peace is this. God's peace is beyond comprehension. God's peace is beyond comprehension. Paul says God's peace exceeds anything we can understand. It's the peace of God that passeth understanding. Paul wants us to know that the peace of God goes beyond and transcends all human comprehension. In other words, the human mind can't fully grasp it. The human eye can't uh, begin to envision what it looks like. In other words, the peace of God, there's no words to describe it. You can't look up the peace of God in a dictionary and find a definition to define it. You see, we have some brilliant minds in this world, but here's the thing, as much as there are brilliant minds in this world, they can't define the peace of God. It's beyond human comprehension. The human mind can't grasp it. The human mind can't fully understand it. The human mind can't fully develop it. It is the God kind of peace. It is the peace of God that is divine and supernatural. It is a peace that comes from God and God alone. It is a peace that does not come from this world. You see, this kind of peace, it can't be manufactured by man. You see, there's no manual and there's no self-help book that can produce this kind of peace. There's no treatment that can give you this peace. There's no prescription that can give you this peace. Only God can give you supernatural peace of mind. Listen, you can go talk to the psychologist, the psychologist, I get them confused all you want to. But they can't give you the peace of mind that God gives you. And here's the thing about His peace. 
It's not some cheap psychological trick to get you past a few problems in life. His peace is not just some trick to get you past a few storms, to get you past a few days. His peace will give you calmness and stillness in the midst of chaos and turmoil. His peace will keep you from going crazy when your life's falling apart. How many has ever been there? You see, His peace can't be disrupted by the problems, disturbances, and difficulties of life. His peace cannot waver, cannot be shaken, and cannot be destroyed. Now, I want you to think about something. God doesn't worry. God isn't beset with anxieties. God never stresses out. The Bible refers to Him as the God of peace. And He offers that peace to us. Now if He doesn't worry and He's the God of peace and offers that peace to us, what does that say to us? That we shouldn't, we shouldn't worry. We, we, we shouldn't be full of anxiety. We, our, listen, our nerves shouldn't be a wreck because His peace comes to us. But what Paul wants us to know is this. You may not be able to explain it, but you can experience it. You see, people might look at you and wonder why you don't go crazy with all the things you go through. It's the peace of God. And here's the thing, I can't explain why I don't go crazy, but I know I've experienced it. I, I, I don't know how to fully explain the peace of God. I don't know how He keeps my mind calm when all of the stuff goes around me, begins to rage and turn upside down. I don't know how I can remain calm in the midst of it other than God is the one who gives me peace in the midst of it all. I can't explain it, but I've experienced it. So God's peace is beyond comprehension. But the second truth I want to give you this this morning is this. God's peace protects us. God's peace protects us. Paul says His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Notice something. God's peace doesn't guard our possessions. It doesn't guard our bodies, our bank accounts, or even our reputation. What does the peace of God keep or guard? Our hearts and our minds. That word guard or the word keep means to watch or protect. It's a military word referring to uh, someone who stands post or stands guard against the aggression of the enemy. And so Paul is saying that the peace of God stands ready like a soldier to guard our minds and our hearts against the attack of the enemy. You see, the peace of God stands guard and keeps worry from corroding our hearts and unworthy thoughts from tearing up our minds. Do you realize this morning that we would go insane if not for the peace of God standing watch over our hearts and minds? If you've walked in here today and you think you have a problem with worry now, just imagine how much more you could worry if God, the peace of God, didn't watch over your heart and your mind. You think right now your stress level might be elevated? Just imagine if the peace of God wouldn't watch it over your heart and your mind. You'd lose it. 
Amen? Because here's the thing. We tend to be worry, worry, worry warts. We tend to be people who always look at the worst in life. Amen? Isn't that just how we are? We always tend to see the cup as half empty. That just seems to be by nature how most of us live. But could you imagine if we didn't have the peace of God? Oh man, every day would be a bad day. We, we, we would totally forget what the psalmist said. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in me. Oh, we'd throw that verse out the Bible because you didn't have the peace of God. But the peace of God protects our hearts and our minds. Because think about it. Where does the enemy like to try to attack the most? Why does Paul tell us to take captive or to bring into captivity every thought and bring it into obedience to Christ? Because the enemy wants to attack our thought life. And so to get rid of stress, to get rid of fear, to get rid of anxiety, the peace of God has to guard our heart and our mind. Everything about life is controlled and wrapped up in our heart and our mind. And so the peace of God protects us. And so I want us to dive into this this morning, this third thing of how do we experience God's peace because this is where we've got to get practical. Because I want to say something this morning. Our experience with the peace of God fluctuates. I wish that I could tell you that I live every day of my life experiencing the peace of God, but sometimes worry gets the best of me. So the peace of God sometimes fluctuates in my life, and it does your too. Right? Our emotions bear that truth out. Someday we're as calm as a cucumber. Nothing gets us. Nothing agitates us. Some days all it takes is a phone call from somebody and, and we got the shakes and, 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 and just we, we, we just nerves all talk. I wonder why I can't have peace. I want to give you some things today to help us experience the peace of God. The first one's the most important. It'll be on the screen. You want to experience the peace of God, number one, we must be at peace with God. You've got to be at peace with God. You see, God's peace isn't obtainable by those who aren't at peace with Him. Philippians 4, 9, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and Hebrews 13, 20 call Him the God of peace. So only God can give peace, and it's only if you know Him that you can have peace. That makes sense? In other words, God's peace isn't experienced by everybody. Notice what Paul said in the verse. He said, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. 
It's those who are in Christ Jesus, those who know Him. When Christ is your treasure, when you have a relationship with Him, those are the ones who can experience peace. And so if you don't have a walk with God, if you're not at peace with God through faith in Christ, this verse promises you nothing. That's what it's saying. In other words, lost people do not have the peace of God because they're not at peace with God. So this is a promise for believers. And so it's through Jesus that we are able to have peace. Look at John 14, 27. He said, I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. He's giving us a gift, a gift of peace. And it's peace that the world can't give. John 16, 33. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. See, through Jesus we have a peace that the world does not have. We have peace with God, and so we have the peace of God. Secondly, the Holy Spirit gives peace. The Holy Spirit gives peace. You see, the Holy Spirit, He'll dispense peace as a gift or as a fruit. Galatians 5.22 tells us that peace is one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. So the Holy Spirit produces peace in our lives. That as we yield to Him, as we surrender to Him, as we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, He produces peace on the inside of us. You see, why do you think the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter? Have you thought about it? He's called the Comforter for a reason. Why? He gives comfort. He gives strength. He gives encouragement. He gives help. He gives courage. He gives boldness. He gives peace. So the Holy Spirit gives peace. But here's the third thing. You want peace? Prayer. Prayer leads to peace. Look at Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Now notice the next word. Then. Then you'll experience. Do you notice the order? First prayer, and then peace. Hear what I'm about to say. We should never assume that God will do for us apart from prayer what He has promised to do for us only through prayer. Let me say that again. We should never assume that God will do for us apart from prayer what He has promised to do for us only through prayer. This verse tells us that if we'll talk to God about everything, then we can have peace. 
Be anxious for nothing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Regard your hearts and minds through Christ. So here's the thing. If you're not praying, most likely you're worried. If you're not praying, most likely you're living in fear. And you're afraid. And so here's my instruction to you today. Instead of panicking, pray. You see, prayer will reduce your stress and worry. Praying will invite the peace of God into your life. Praying will calm your fears and allow the peace of God to protect your heart and your mind. You'll notice that Paul says pray about everything. The big things, the little things, everything that causes you to worry, everything that causes you to be afraid, Paul says pray about it. If it keeps you up at night, pray about it. If it causes you to cry, pray about it. If it causes you to lose sleep, if it causes you uh, your nerves to go crazy, pray about it. If it concerns you, it concerns the Father, pray about it. Don't panic, don't get upset, don't go crazy, don't go insane, pray about it. D.A. Carson, he said this, the way to be anxious about nothing is to be prayerful about everything. But I'm afraid sometimes prayer is a last resort for us. Listen, prayer should never be a last resort. It should always be a first priority. We can go boldly to the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. But notice something else that Paul says here, or doesn't say. He doesn't say that all of our requests will be answered in precisely the way we articulated them. He doesn't say that the problems and the pain that have caused the anxiety will suddenly disappear. But he does say that God will guard our heart and mind through Jesus Christ concerning whatever the world throws our way. fact is, sometimes we pray for God to get us out of things and remove things, and sometimes God just gives you peace to get through what you're going through. We shouldn't panic, we should pray. I believe we should take James seriously when he tells us we have not because we ask not. The reason some of us don't have peace is because we don't ask God for peace. We don't pray. Amen. Number four. Let me, let me give you something else that will help you experience peace. Right thinking. Right thinking. I'm telling you, your, your thought life plays a, a great deal in how you feel. What you think on has a great deal in how you feel. Philippians 4.8 says, Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He says you've got to fix your mind on these things. Fix your thoughts on these things. Meditate on these things. Dwell on these things. 
You see, your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And that's wonderful. That's good news if you're thinking on the right things. If you're meditating on God's Word, if you're thinking on things mentioned here in verse 8, things that are true and honorable and right, pure, listen, that's great if you're focused on those things. But when you're focused on things that cause you to be afraid, when you're thinking about things that cause you to be anxious and worried, listen, your mind's going to run in directions that, first of all, it's not pleasing to God. And your mind's going to run in directions that's not helpful to you. You see, wrong thinking leads to wrong feeling. And before long, your heart and your mind are pulled apart, they're pulled in different directions, and you're going to be overcome by worry. You see, when we think wrong, you can't experience the peace of God. How many believe this morning that our thoughts are powerful? I believe our thoughts are powerful. I believe we can control what we think. But thoughts are powerful. And here's the thing. You can't can't see your thoughts. You can't weigh your thoughts. You can't measure your thoughts. But thoughts are powerful. As a man thinks, then it's so is. So we've got to control our thought life. That means renewing our minds. Thinking on right things. Thinking on... Thinking on the Word of God. Listen to this verse, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. How many like to have perfect peace? In the Hebrew, it actually means peace, peace. Double peace. And perfect peace. I like that. What does it say? Those who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Got to keep our mind on God. Why does the, the writer, I believe, I believe it's Colossians, set your affections on things where? Above, not on earth below. You see, we can choose to focus on our problems, our worries, our anxieties, our frustrations. We can choose to focus on God. Here's the thing. Whatever you choose to focus on, that's what's going to become bigger. Right? All of a sudden, you'll take a little old problem that ain't very, that, 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 that's nothing whatsoever, but you'll, you'll focus on it, you'll think about it, you'll magnify it. All of a sudden, it's, it, it, it's blown out of proportion. Why not focus on God who can solve the problem? See how big He is. Focus on Him. Somebody once said this, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look to Christ, you'll be at rest. What you focus on and what you think about the most determines your level of personal peace. But finally, obey God's principles. You want to experience God's peace? Obey God's principles. Love God's Word. Psalm 119, verse 162 through 167. He said, I rejoice in your Word like one who discovers a great treasure. 
I hate and abhor all falsehood, but I love your instruction. I will praise you seven times a day because all your regulations are just. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. I long for your rescue, Lord, so I have obeyed your commands. I have obeyed your laws, for I love them very much. The psalmist says, Great peace comes to those who love His Word and obey it. You see, it's difficult to have peace, the peace of God, when you're out of harmony with Him. Amen. That when God has given you instructions, that when God has given you things to do and you refuse to do it, it's hard to have peace. And here's the thing. He's given us a book to live by. We could say that this is our owner's manual for life. And it shows us how to live. It shows us what to do, what not to do. And if we refuse to do what this book says to do, listen, I promise you life's not going to go smoothly. And I can promise you, you're going to struggle with having peace. But here's what I've come to find out, that the more I can do what God says to do in His Word, the more peace I have. That when I learn how to, that when I live my life according to the principles of God, live in obedience to Him, I can experience greater peace. But when I set out, I'm, I'm going to do my thing this week, God. I'm going to do what I want to do this week. I'm not going to listen to you. God, Lord, I know what you say over here in the Bible, but God, I'm going to go my way. I can tell you where that's headed. And you can too. Probably got your own stories, right? Then you're laying awake at night trying to figure out how you're going to get out of the mess you got in. Don't have no peace. Life just goes so much better if we just say, God, I love your word and I want to obey it. And then we can just watch the peace of God just overwhelm us. And we just do what he wants us to do. Amen. In closing, as I said earlier, the peace of God, it can fluctuate in our lives. The fact is, we can be at peace with God, have a relationship with God, be on our way to heaven, and not always experience the peace of God. Our emotions, they can be all over the place. We can have peace in a moment, then a phone call, a conversation, a doctor's visit, and then be a wreck. Our emotions can spin out of control. I believe that's not what God desires for us. I don't believe God desires our emotions to spin out of control. Listen, we are emotional people. God created us that way. I'm not saying we try to shut down our emotions and we try to uh, quench our emotions. But I believe God wants us to be at peace. And I believe He wants us to be at peace at all times. He wants us to experience His peace. That doesn't mean we act cold when we get bad news. That doesn't mean that we act unconcerned when we get bad news. That, that, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to be a man. Bless God, nothing's going to move me. I'm going to be a man. That, that's not what it means. 
I'm going to be concerned. It may even mean that I weep. Here's the thing, even in my weeping, I believe I can be comforted by the peace of God. And it's in His hands. And I'll be at peace with whatever He wants to do. So if you're here today and you're struggling with worry, you're struggling with fear, you're struggling to find peace, you're at peace with God, but you say, Pastor, I don't have any peace in my life. Here's what I want you to do. Three suggestions. I want you to take what you've heard today, but I've got just three suggestions in closing. I want you to do what you can do. Think right. Focus your thoughts. I want you to pray. If all you've been doing is panicking about what's going on, start praying. Read His Word. Fill your mind, your heart with the Word of God. Do what you can do. I mean, God wants us to do what we can do. But also, give God what you can't do. Listen, you can't change the situation. You can't change the person. You can't heal yourself. You can't heal that family member. So you've got to give it to God what you can't do. So do what you can do. Pray, read His Word, fill your mind with the right thought. But then you just got to say, God, I'm going to give it to you. Give it to God. And finally, trust God no matter what. Once you've done what you can do and you give Him what you can't do, you've got to trust Him no matter what. You've got to leave it with Him, let Him work, and trust Him with the final outcome. And here's what that means. That means you can't give it to Him today and then decide tomorrow I'm going to take it back. No, you've got to, God, I'm going to do what I can do, give it to You, and I'm going to trust You. I believe if you'll do that, I believe the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I believe that's how He wants us to live. Do what we can, give Him what we can, and trust Him no matter what. Stand with me.